0: Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Good to have you all here. Uh, we are continuing today with the Vimalakirti Sutra, which uh, some folks might say, "Well, we're back to that crazy, fantastic story where all these uh, unusual creatures are saying these hard-to-understand things." I'm I've been watching some of the new Star Trek series. You know, there's like 15 new Star Treks out there, and. And they have nothing to rival this book for for weird happenings and unusual creatures, you know. And uh, But uh, just because it's a fantastic story and told in this way that is kind of uh, otherworldly, it doesn't mean that the, the wisdom there is not true, quite the contrary. This is as true as true can be. And it's the key to peace in this life, in this world, most practical, most practical, because what they're discuss- d- discussing today is, is truly the key to the suffering at the heart of the human condition, and you can't get more practical than that, I promise you. Uh, this is what our practice is all about. Now, this story is also told where all these fantastic bodhisattvas You'll see their, their names are just uh, wonderful, uh, give their interpretations on emptiness, which is also enlightenment, which is also nirvana. It's kind of all the, the same things, different ways to put it. And uh, they say it's this and they say it's that. And then Virmila Kirti comes, the, the great layperson at the end, uh, a fellow, a family man, a, a man with a business, a man who, who lives in town. And at the end, he kind of bests all the bodhisattvas with his uh, his final, shall we say, expression of what this is. But does he best them? I would say no, it's not like that. It would be wrong to take, take it that way. First off, uh, these are the great, Bodhisattvas—they know what they're talking about, and uh, the bodhisattvas know of what they express. They're not wrong at all. So it's—you'll see that. uh, Vimalakirti's expression at the end might be said to just be the string that ties all the presents together, or the cherry on top of the sundae, like that. I would. I would not in any way say that what we're going to read from the bodhisattvas is wrong at all. Now I've given here a list of about half of what the bodhisattvas had to say, and I've taken pretty much the more uh, easy to understand ones. There are some other ones that make, you'll see the very same point about uh, various aspects of uh, Buddhist uh, doctrine and dharma, like the four noble truths are empty, and, and I would have to explain what all those doctrines are and then say, well, but they're making the same point. So I took the, the, the low-hanging fruit, shall we say, here. So let's begin. It's a, but it's the same, same. The wisdom here, you'll see, applies again and again. So you're not missing anything at all. There's nothing to miss. So it begins. This is Chapter 9 of the Vimalakirti Sutra. At that time, Vimalakirti said to the various bodhisattvas, Sirs, this was written in the, translated in the 50s, Uh, let's put sirs or madam, I don't know how to say that, or all of you you wonderful bodhisattvas, make it a little less sexist here. How does the bodhisattva go about entering the doorway of non-dualism? Let each one explain as he or she understands it. Now, one of the bodhisattvas in the assembly, whose name was Dharma Freedom. Great names, man. It sounds like what they used to name babies in the 60s, you know. You know, hey, my baby is named Dharma Freedom, you know? Hey. Okay, Dharma Freedom spoke these words Sirs or persons, birth and extinction form a dualism. But since all dharmas are not born to begin with, they must now be without extinction. By grasping and learning to accept this truth of birthlessness, one may enter the gate of non-dualism." So right from the start, our very first bodhisattva, the aptly named Dharma freedom, frees us from birth and death. I would say that goes right to the heart of human suffering and the human condition. How does this though free us from birth and death? Well, those of you who have been coming to the Zazen Kai for a few years, like uh, Danny here, and uh, Cynthia, you've been coming now a couple of years here, I guess, it's getting there. Second year. Yeah, second year. So you've heard all this before, but it, it merits saying it again. Yes, we're born and we die. Sorry, guys. Even the Buddha died. There's nothing I can do um, to cure that. But we have another way of experiencing this, which is as follows, as I often give the example. You're a wave that has risen on the sea. You're moving along the sea for a while. And then the wave, well, shall we say, someday hits the rocks or fades back into the sea. So the wave is born. The wave someday is kaput. German word there, Danny? Kaput? Yes. yes. Kaput. Finished. But the wave is the sea all along. The sea's very flowing. To the extent that through our Buddhist practice and especially Zazen, we can learn to experience ourselves as the whole flowing sea that was there before the wave, that is there during the wave, and that shall, I believe, continue flowing after the wave to the extent you can re-identify who you are as not only the wave but as your flowing whole seeness. You're not going anywhere, and neither did you come from anywhere, because you are the whole things going, going, and going, with no gone. How's that? <laughs> now, uh, what Curti's point will be at the end is, you cannot only understand this intellectually, of course, when we sit zazen, the hard sense of separate self melts a bit. Sometimes melts a lot or completely, but melts a little bit, where the hard borders between yourself and the whole flowing wholeness of it all, the sea, becomes realized as never a part at all. And when you do that, you have this birthless experience. You know, people think that Zen and, and Buddhism is very illogical, but I think I just explained it in a fairly understandable way. But of course, the trick is to get a sense that you're not just the wave. You got to get a sense through Zazen Zen of your seeness. Okay? Let's go on. Next uh, Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva Virtue Guardian said I and mine form a dualism because there is an I there is also a mine but if there is no I there will be no mine in this way one enters the gate of non-dualism and I'm going to combine this with the next one which is kind of related the Bodhisattva Universal Guardian it sounds like uh, Marvel Comics uh, superheroes you know isn't that one of them, Iron Man, Universal Guardian? No? Virtue Guardian? No? Okay, anyway. I and not I form a dualism. But one, when one cannot grasp even I, how can one grasp not I? One who has seen into the true nature of I will no longer give rise to the two concepts in this way and enters the gate of non-dualism. Very simply, again, your sense of being the separate wave apart from all the other waves softens and fades away. It is not that you realize just that you're a wave in the sea. You realize, now this is the point, get the logic of this. You're the sea. They are the sea. Because sea is sea, you are they and they are you. Let me repeat that. You realize you're not just the wave, you're the sea. Everything else, including the mountains, the stars, Cynthia here and Danny and uh, Alonzo and James, waves on the sea. Of course, the James wave is not the Junda wave. Cynthia's over there, she's not Danny over there. Bion is not Nenge, etc. Waves and waves. The mountain is not the tree. Waves and waves. But since this wave is the sea, and that wave is the sea, we say as they say in Mexico, "cc." Si, si. in other words, it's all the sea. You are the mountain, you are Cynthia. James is Ninge. You're just the flowing. When you lose this, the conflict that results between you and all the other separate things of the world kind of dissolves because you need separation to have conflict. If there's no separation, no conflict is possible. This is not wrong. The bodhisattva is perfectly right. Again, we experience this in Zazen. Also, we desire things. If you have an I, you have what you want, you have what you consider mine. You have yours, what you want, right? I want to get more of that. I'm getting a new car next week. My 12-year-old car finally died. I'm getting a Suzuki Ignis. It's three years old, but my brother-in-law who's in the used car business picked it out for me, says it's a nice car. Suzuki Ignis. I have been looking for two weeks in Japan. I have seen one other Suzuki Ignis. I I think the Japanese consider it one of the ugliest cars. I don't know. They don't like it. Anyway, I got off on my my new car here, but I want that car. That car is going to make me happy. You know what a new car does for about two weeks? You know, I love my old car, but uh, gee, it's a shiny new car. You know, I'm going to get it. it. Makes me happy to get what I want. Okay. Well, when we do Zanzan, we realize there's no separate thing to want that's apart from A separate I, because the car is the wave, which is the sea, and I am the wave with the sea. The sea is never lacking one drop. The sea is totally the sea, man. Sea is never lacking a drop. Sea doesn't need anything. If the wave rises, the sea hasn't gained anything. When the wave disappears, the wave hasn't lost anything, assuming, of course. In this, in this world, the sea does not have evaporation at all. The sea is just a constant of, of uh, that's wholly uh, always the sea. So I want what's mine, but the sea doesn't. So when you experience the softening of I-ness, the conflict of person to person, country against country, uh, things you want, things you're afraid of, kind of vanishes, Time for the footnote that we have to say here. Of course, we're still alive in this world. So unfortunately, I have to tell you, you and friends, loved ones, the cat, they die. The waves do disappear and we love those waves because I love them. Even though they're sea and I'm C, we're also still in this world. And I want things, hopefully in moderation. And I'm sad when the cat dies or I lose things. I'm worried about things. The perspective of wholeness is not a total cure for being alive in this world. Because if we were in this whole world where we're just to see, we couldn't be alive. We couldn't function, you see. So our practice is not only to realize this emptiness, our practice is to find out how it all fits together, this world of separation of birth and death, me and you, things I need, things I fear, and this other experience, which turns out to be not an other experience, it's the same thing, shall we say, turned around and viewed differently, where there is no life and death, and there is no loss, and there is no me and you. How do they all fit together? This is our practice, Let's see. So I can say the table is empty, it's just the sea, and I'm empty, and I'm just the sea. I'm empty of separate self-existence, but yet I'm going to bang my knee on that table. How does it all fit together? Okay, let's continue here. The Bodhisattva Virtue Peak said, Defilement and purity form a dualism, but if one sees into the true nature of defilement, it is without the marks of purity, but leads into the extinction of all marks. In this way, one enters the gate of non-dualism. Um, don't worry about the marks, but let's, let's put it this way. We live in a world where we think of things as good and bad and pure and impure, right? But here, uh, dirty things, uh, def- how to say, dehumanizing things, terrible things in this world, All right. This sea is beyond that, too. And it all kind of all washes away as the sea. And yet I still have dishes to wash later. I still have terrible, defiling situations in this world, degrading situations in this world. That is, it is our duty to try to make better. We see both at once and have the duty to do better. This is our Buddhist practice. Master Dogen did not see this as separate at all. There is nothing to clean, whether in society or in my sink. And yet, there are things to clean. And we should clean them. And the whole thing together is our Soto Zen way of Master Dogen. Let's do a few more of these, going a little faster. The Bodhisattva, good constellation, said, who thought up these names? The stirring of the mind and thought. These two form a dualism. But if the mind is not uh, stirred, then there will be no thought. And if there is no thought, there is no discrimination. No separation. There's no things, right? The one who has thoroughly mastered this enters the gate of non-dualism. As you've heard me say many times, there's kind of a tree and there's kind of a mountain and there's kind of Cynthia, but also they basically also exist basically as ideas in your mind, because I've identified this lovely person here with a name, Cynthia, and she's an image. Cynthia, I know you're out there, but right now I'm seeing you in here. You realize that? Light is coming in my eyes and an incredible recreation that I believe is called Cynthia without checking your driver's license, I believe so, is in my mind. And the mountain, I'm pretty sure there is something out there that we call Scuba Mountain, but it's basically right now existing between my ears because all I've ever had is light coming in my eyes, which gets turned into electrochemical systems, which goes up here, which I see as an image, which I label Scuba Mountain. And all of you, it's easy to understand. Look at you, you're light on a screen. I assume Bion is there. Somebody chanted our verse to open the sutras today. But you're definitely light that I'm seeing on a screen that is coming in my eyes, which is kind of another screen that I assign all these names to. In other words, when we drop all the thinking and the names, the separation also disappears. And we can realize the sea. All the waves... I'm sure I'm sure you're all out there, waves. Give me a wave, waves. Hey, that's cute. Every wave out there, give me a wave. Yes, waving waves. Hello, good. Oh, I got a two-handed wave there from the wave. Shokai the wave gave me a wave, very good. But you're existing all as names in my brain of separate things, and when I drop the names and your my sense of you as separate things, we all recover our seenness. Let's go. Bodhisattva pushed y'all. This is from, hey, hey, That's something from Georgia down there, to Push y'all. Let's push y'all. Push y'all said, good and not good form a dualism. But if one does not call up either good or not good, but enters the realm of the formless, truly masters it. That's like we were talking before about uh, the dirty things. Good and bad is the same. But here's another point about Master Dogen. When we drop this stuff of good and bad, or pure and impure, defiling and not defiling, it's very important in in Buddhism to recall this. We're not left with a void, meaningless, neutral nothing. We Buddhists... And I think it's a kind of where we get into a spiritual religious mystical sense here. I call myself a practical mystic. Feel that whatever remaining about the seenness is kind of good and pure and nice. It's kind of a big okay somehow. Okay? It's not just like oh we did right away with good and bad. Nothing it means anything. It's nihilism. It's amoral, like that. No. When you do away down to the seeness and your sense of separate self drops, you're left with something good about this world with a capital G. I think the people in the, the other religion, those competing religions, may refer to that as God, but I don't want to go there. It's something good. Okay? We call it buddha they call it god Vimalakirti, at the end of the sutra says all of you shh and that's because you don't need a name for these things you don't need a name for these good things okay let's keep going uh, bodhisattva lion or as my son's name is leon it's the same said Blame and blessing form a dualism. In other words, uh, when you think that, uh, oh, this guy did me wrong, or this was a good thing for me. Also, it's kind of empty and washes away in the sea. The sea is the greatest big B blessing, according to the Buddha. It's the big Buddha blessing. Let's go to the next one. Bodhisattva lion will. uh, Maybe it's lion's cousin. I don't know. Presence of outflows of passion and absence of such outflows constitute a dualism. I'm not going to read all the rest. It's kind of the same. When you get passionate, let's say you're sad or you get angry or you get jealous or you get lonely or you get uh, happy. This is also the sea. It's the sea getting happy. It's the sea getting sad. It's the sea getting afraid of something that's also the sea. And then it all kind of washes away in the sea of emptiness. Emptiness means not empty, empty of separate self-existence. When it becomes the wholeness, when it becomes the flowing wholeness, we realize that the jealousy was the flowing wholeness and the anger was the flowing wholeness. But somehow when we realize the sea, what can we be jealous about? Because nothing's lacking and there's nobody else. I can't be jealous of Cynthia because she's not separate from me. I can't be angry at Danny. I've never been angry at Danny, but I, I can't be angry at Danny because we're just the C. C can't be angry. It's something there's nothing apart. You need something separate to be angry about. I can't be angry. But in this world, we're still separate. Remember that. In this life, we're still going to be separate. And that means I'm going to get angry at Danny sometimes. And Cynthia, I'm jealous of you. Sometimes. I'm human. I got angry a couple of weeks ago about something. I I did a little talk about that. Kind of lost myself for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, right? I'm human. So step three is, according to Master Dogan, okay, we're not going to be completely rid of the passions. Keep them in moderation and under control. Don't let the pot, when you heat up the pot of soup, don't let it boil over. That's our practice. Nothing to be angry about, but yeah, we're gonna get angry. Because the sea is still the sea, getting angry at things, and if that starts to happen, turn the heat down. All right, the realm of birth and death and that of Nirvana are dualism. This world and the world of Nirvana, which is the world of emptiness, which is the wholeness, which is the seedness, which is the flowing, which is Buddha, which some call God, if you want, or don't say anything at all, is the same. The separation, the world of things that disappoint us, the world of wars in Ukraine, the world that's sometimes beautiful and sometimes so ugly, and this somehow flowing wholeness that is always kind of big B Buddha beautiful are the same, viewed from different, shall we say, perspectives or aspects, okay? But i gonna keep going. Enlightenment and ignorance form a dualism, said Bodhisattva, lightning god. He was one of the Marvel characters, I'm telling you, the lightning god. That's basically the same as what I just said, the world of this crazy mixed up world and the world of emptiness. Next one says the same thing. Bodhisattva, joyful seeing, says form and the emptiness of form constitute a dualism, but form is none other than emptiness. Emptiness does not represent the extinction of form. Form is itself empty by nature, which is precisely what we chant in the Heart Sutra today. Buddhism is really not teaching a thousand different things. It's kind of just teaching the same things a thousand different ways. So this is basic Buddhism 101. If you think that Buddhism was just about coming to learn to be nice and be in the moment and be peaceful and Get rid of some stress. Realize that the ultimate stress reducer, the ultimate stress reducer is not, you know, anything but dropping the sense of separate self for the big ocean. That is the great sense. You know, it literally gives you everything you could possibly want in life because there's nothing to want except what is and what you have. It's the ultimate gift. Okay. Bodhisattva Meritfield, to speak of merit, deeds, blameful deeds, and deeds that call forth, no retribution is dualistic, but it's all empty. In other words, doing good things, doing bad things, or doing things that are kind of neutral, morally, ethically, are all empty. They all wash away in the sea. So, you know, I could kill somebody, rob a bank, No problem, it's all empty. There was no bank to rob from the sea's perspective. There was no body to kill or be killed because it was the sea just seeing the sea. Nothing was lost from the sea. Nothing was gained from the sea. This wave killed the other wave, but the sea was completely unaffected by it. So really it's all empty, right? From the other perspective, no, I killed somebody. I robbed a bank. I did a bad thing. Master Dogan's third perspective. Don't do that. Do good things. Do nice things. Make good karma. See? We live from these three ways here, you might say. Next one. Bodhisattva Virtue Storehouse. To suppose that there is some former object that one can acquire is dualistic. That's kind of what we spoke about before, uh, about uh, acquiring things. There's nothing separate to acquire. Uh, Bodhisattva treasure sign to yearn for nirvana and not delight in the world constitutes a dualism. But if one does not yearn for nirvana, nirvana, and does not loathe the world, there will be no dualism. Why? Because it's all uh, comes. I'm free. Okay, so our practice is not to seek for nirvana, because the sea cannot look for the sea. So when we sit zazen, we're not seeking anything, and this radical non-seeking is is the sea realizing itself as always having been itself. Because it, let's say you're the sea and you're looking over there. Do you see the sea? I think I see it over there. I'm the wave. I'd like to find the sea. I'd like to find Nirvana. I'd like to find enlightenment. I think it's a behind the the house there. You see, I'm the sea trying to see the sea. See see. See this I'm the sea trying to see the sea who sells she seas- seashells by the seashore. You remember that tongue twister? She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. By the seashore. You know that? Okay, so I'm trying to see the sea over there. The sea should realize its seeness by radically stopping the looking (laughs) over there or anywhere else. Though it is over there. When I see Cynthia, I'm looking at the sea. When I see the table, I'm seeing the sea. When I see the mountain, I'm seeing the sea. But when I sit zazen and I stop trying to get anywhere else or find anything else, I radically realize my Innate and always present seeness. Okay. And then we get in this world and we realize this whole world has been it all along. And uh, that's cool too. But yet, even though the good things in this world and the bad things and the war and the peace and the pollution and the beautiful trees are all it, it's all the sea, man. The war is the sea. The trees are the sea. The pollution is the sea. The violence is the sea. The peace is the sea. It's all the sea. And in a sense, there is no war. There is no tree. There is no peace. When we realize the seeness, it's kind of the big peace with a capital P, the big beautiful with a capital B, and in this world, we realize like uh, the hippie there, what is his name? Hippie uh, Dharma Freedom would say, "Make love, not war." Some of you, I'm looking at you. You're about my age. You remember that? You're not. Yeah, I see you. Show on. Yeah, you. You're, you were there. I bet you were. Yeah, I would. Make peace, love war. Plant trees. Don't plant anger. By the way. Washin, our great Ukrainian priest, is leading Zazenkai there. Odessa is becoming a target more and more day by day. He's planting more trees day by day for the same reason. Let him invade. Let him knock down the trees. We're planting something beautiful here. Why would you do that in the middle of a war zone? To remind the world there can be beauty. He plants trees on the beach where there's going to be a landing and probably most of those trees will get knocked down if the Russians land on that beach, right? Even though the war is the sea and the trees are the sea and the mountain is the sea and peace is the sea and war is the sea, even though it's all that, the duty is to plant beauty in this world. Master Dogan said, make beautiful things. Don't make war, make peace. See, we're living from all these perspectives, which are just the same thing, experienced different ways. Is this not a good plan for how to live your life? You bet your boopy! Any of Americans here from the '60s? too, you know what the bet your boopy was? That was Rowan and Martin. Anyone remember that? You people overseas would have no idea what a bet your boopy is, but it means that you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. Now, did I skip any? Oh, the last one, Bodhisattva Jewel-Crowned King says, the correct way and the erroneous way constitute a dualism. Again, there's no right and wrong. I can go here and instead of lighting the incense, I could accidentally burn the place down. I could trip over my own two feet, say the wrong thing, right? In the sea, nothing's lacking. You can't do wrong. But yet in this life, we can do wrong. So we try to do our best. Don't do wrong. I hope I did not do too wrong in this talk. I'm trying to do my best. But in the sea, you don't need this talk. There's nothing to talk about, according to the sea. There's no separate one to talk about it. This is Vamilakirti's point as we come to the end. Then Jusri said to Vamilakirti, hey, smarty pants, each of us has given an explanation. Now, it is your turn to speak. How does the bodhisattva enter the gate of non-dualism, Mr. Know-it-all? At that time, Vermilukirti remained silent and did not speak a word. What is to say if there's no separation but yet, Master Dogen, I got to put the footnote in here, Master Dogan would say, if you think that that is the end of enlightenment, just to realize this silence and this wholeness, you've only got what we say in Zen is 80%. You've got to bring it back to this world and the life where there is war and peace and dishes to clean and uh, weeds to pull in the garden and, and uh, opportunities to put your foot in your mouth and all kinds of things. You got to bring it back to this life. So Vilma Kirti, Dogen was a little critical of Vilma Kirti, too, and said, hey, don't get lost in that silence and emptiness thing. you got to come back to your waveness, okay? But anyway, Vilma Kirti's answer was, uh, let's stop talking about it. The sea doesn't need to talk about the sea. And Vermilha Kirti sighed and said, of course, words. Excellent, excellent. Not a word, not a syllable. This truly is to enter the gate of non-dualism. When this chapter on entering the gate or the doorway, uh, in some translations, of non-dualism was preached, 5,000 bodhisattvas in the assembly were able to enter the gate of non-dualism and to learn to accept the truth of birthlessness. And they live happily ever after. The end. Are we uh, about uh, ready for a, a little uh, short Zazen? Any last uh, impressing questions? We can. We, there's no time limit. If someone has something to say, go ahead. Going once. Going twice. Or as we should say in Zen, going not one. Going not two. Bjorn, would you take us out of the Sutra? Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.